Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Strain your eyes against the sky and find no trespass for a hundred miles. The rubber peeled from your brake to rim and no sign of wings on southern wind. If the boss is calling and bills are due, but there'll be no chores until you're through. If your boots are east and west or in between on frozen rock or soggy green. If the birds are calling and smoke is due and there'll be no rest until you're through. If the treasure you seek is in the hunt, you've arrived at the foul front. Everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast. I am your host Ben Page. Yeah, that, no, that's gonna do her there, Ben. Sorry, I'm the new host, Matt Zavlonic, taking it over from Mister Page here. He's uh, busy with his new job and whatnot, so I'm the new host of the Foul Front Podcast. What makes you think you're qualified, Matt, to take over the Foul Front Waterfowl Podcast? Well, I mean, I, I did come up with the name, and I did introduce you to waterfowl hunting, so I think those are two. That's, <laughs> that's a stretch on, like, both accounts, I think. <laughs> no. 
I told you in confidence as a friend, I was like, listen, dude, uh, I didn't know what copyright was. And so the original, okay. Anyways. Yeah. Matt helped me name the podcast. Yeah. Matt does claim that he was like my first waterfowl hunt or whatever. Um, in college, I barely remember it. We like jump shot like a spoonbill or something. I can't remember. It was ugh. like, I think the, I think I remember the, the food that we ate. That's how unnoticeable it was. Um, but there was a little bit of truth in what Matt was just saying now. Yes. Um, by collective force, uh, I have been pushed out forcibly, um, of, of not of my own volition or will, uh, to relinquish, uh, the foul front waterfowl podcast. Um, and I guess the highest bidder won. Um, so that'd be Matt. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say other than I apologize that I've been uh, MIA and that this, I know, you know, we get messages all the time, right, Matt from, yeah, you know, Hey, when's the next episode coming out? And I, you know, I do value the, um, the listenership here and I, I value, you know, what we did in the early parts of the foul front waterfowl podcast, where we were trying to introduce, uh, you know, new hunters, um, and, and help them out and understand things. So, um, but yeah, like Matt said, I, I, you know, I got out of the army in uh, 2020, uh, made a transition into the conservation space and, um, you know, kind of a, a dream job for me, um, doing exactly what I need to be doing, um, and connected to the resource. And we'll talk a little bit about that later, but if there's any, uh, aspiring conservationists out there, uh, transitioning military members, if, if you have any questions about how to make your, your transition happen, um, more smoothly or to, you know, break into the conservation space, um, you know, hit me up, feel free. I, I, I learned a lot. I lucked into a lot of things and I had a lot of people helping me along the way as well. So I'd like to pass that on. So once again, if there's any transitioning service members out there looking for uh, a way to get into, you know, be connected to the resource as, as their job, um, let me know. And they can hit us up. I think you got the Facebook group up and yep. running again. You got all the riffraff out of there. Yeah. Foul front podcast group had to clean all the spammers out, but yeah, it should be, yeah. should be good to go now. Sweet. Sweet. Um, Actually, I'm always curious. I like to ask this question, Matt, to to my closest friends. So I guess you'll have to do a stand yeah. for one of my closest friends, um, Matt. What what do you think I do for for a job? I I am I am always cracked up when I ask my wife, like, "Hey, babe, what do you think I do?" And the answer, I it's hilarious. So just curious. Okay. Well, I want to hear what her answer is too after I answer this. Okay. I imagine you to be like. I don't know, like like a recruiter of some sort. You can go around and you um, get these people to sign on with your agency or whatever. Kind of like, yeah, kind of like a coach, I guess. You get, you know, like they're going out to get those football recruits. You're that's what you do, except for conservation and other stuff. But you drive around in like a, I don't know, a rental SUV or minivan, something probably like that. You know, good gas mileage. That, some that's, interesting. <laughs> that's what I'm guessing. <laughs> ah, some interesting thoughts. Um, a little bit of right, a lot of bit of wrong. Um, but no, I I help state fish and wildlife agencies um, with their marketing and their CRMs, which you know, customer relationship management. Um, basically, helping fish and wildlife agencies deliver a, a more personalized, better 
you know, uh, experience to the end user. Um, the the company that I work for, Sovereign Sportsman Solutions, they uh, they're they're basically a, a tech provider. So when you buy your hunting and fishing license online or on like a mobile app, uh, it's you know it's a good possibility that uh, that's from from my company. And then I obviously help the state agencies sell more hunting and fishing licenses. So if you and don't shoot or catch anything, be sure to email Ben and complain to him, and he'll uh, you know he'll pass that along. Yeah, I'm not sure that directly falls in my responsibility, um, but sure, feel free. If you need to vent somewhere, vent to me, I suppose. So so what's your wife think you do? Uh, my wife my wife thinks that I, I stay up too late talking to people about hunting and fishing. And, um, so what you're doing right now. Yeah, but <laughs> she would say, she's like, ah, he... He sells hunting and fishing licenses. <laughs> so she says, which is very like, very like uh, elementary. Oh, so he works at the gas station on the corner of the highway. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly what I do. I flag people down and say, "Hey, come buy your hunting and fishing license." I just replicate that on. Uh, yeah. Anyways. All right. Yeah. So. Going forward, I guess we kind of talk about the format now. I, as we mentioned, um, I will be the new host of the Foul Front podcast. Not really sure what uh, the schedule or anything will shake out like just yet, but um, you know we're gonna we're gonna still cater to new hunters and have uh, interesting discussions and all that good stuff. And Ben's not going away completely. I can't get rid of him that quick. Yeah, Matt is. This is his first podcast. He might be an okay YouTuber, but uh, he had to. Uh, he, if you were hearing some feedback or some hearing me multiple times, that was Matt. Is that a little better. Yes, that is better. Okay, thank you. Technical check. See, that's and Ben's gonna come back and co-host so he can help me fix these issues. As uh, as he just said, this is my first time hosting a podcast. Um. So yeah. Ben will be a co-host. Uh, we'll have him on for some conservation talk, I'm sure. Some R3, which if you don't know what that is, it's recruit, retain, and reactivate. Did I get that right there, Ben? You did. You did. All right. I remember I, three I, words I at a, least. So. I get a gold star for the night. There we <laughs> yeah. go. So I guess uh, since we were kind of hitting on waterfowl hunting and you know talking about that, let's talk about our last waterfowl hunt together which was just about a week and a half ago. Uh, Something something like that. Yeah. 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 And by the way, if, uh, if you guys want the pin to where this hunt was, you can just Venmo me at uh, the defector at foulfront.com. And I will send you um, the pins to um, all of Matt's good hunting spots. They're all in Indiana. (laughs) Yes. Uh, What's Jordan's address? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna, not gonna dox Jordan just yet. It'll be like on the Patreon edition or something. There you go. But yeah, so we had a had a goose hunt. Ben and his buddy Billy came out to hunt with me. Um, you know, yeah. Good. Hold on, pulling you over. You pulled me over. Uh, yeah, Billy's a he's a good buddy of mine. From uh, we met in El Paso, Texas. I was uh, doing some of my earliest R three work. I was taking out some. Um, some Lieutenant buddies of mine and, uh, they were like, Hey, one of my buddies, um, he likes to duck hunt and waterfowl hunt. Can he come along? I was like, sure, whatever. Uh, and then that's when me and Billy met and then we, uh, we, we beat him up down there in, uh, 
in New Mexico and El Paso. And it was uh, a fast friendship and we've been trying to get together to hunt anyways. But Billy is a, he's like a hardcore mule deer hunter. But no, yeah, it was a fun time. You know, you came out here, I guess, what were your thoughts going into the weekend? Like what, 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 what were your expectations? I, is, I guess is how I should rephrase that. Yeah. About six months ago, Billy texted me. He's like, uh, just like literally three words. I think he was like field goose hunt. And then I sent him back. I was like February 9th. And then next thing I know, he sent me a, uh, uh, flight itinerary and I was like, all right, sweet. And I, I was thinking we were going to hunt, uh, near my neck of the woods. Cause we, we did all right on geese last year. And, uh, but uh, man, about three weeks out, uh, the geese kind of dried up on all my spots. And I was like, really not looking forward to like running and gunning and doing the whole permission thing. I was lazy, lazy. Got that four-year-old daughter now and wife, big boy job. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to put him on geese because I'm a terrible waterfowl hunter now. And uh, so what did I do? I did what every good friend of Matt's does and used him for his, uh, um, his special talents and, and <laughs> prioritizing his life of not having a girlfriend or a kid or a, or, uh, well, I guess I can't talk about anything else, but, um, yeah, just all he does is scout for geese and hunt. And I was like, yeah, that guy can, you know, I'll, I'll hit Matt up. And I was like, Hey man, change of plans. We're going to go home with my buddy. And he was like, all right, sounds good. And I don't even think I asked you. I think I just said, we're coming down. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and you text me, you're like, goose hunt this weekend? And I was like, because I thought you wanted me to join you. And I was like, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I was like, Dude, I, I gave was you like, Why don't you come out here? Oh, yeah, I did the old bait on you. That's yeah, what it you, was. <laughs> you made me feel bad for turning down the invite. I'm like, oh, no, I'll invite you out here. <laughs> there you go. Take notes, folks. Take notes. <laughs> but yeah, no, so I took, uh, took Ben and Billy and they, they showed up. Friday night, and they're like, uh, oh, it was late. You guys got in like 10, 30 or 11 or so. And I was like, yeah, we're going to yeah. uh, we're gonna wake up at 3. <laughs> so, and I think we, we, you know, we stayed up till at least midnight just BSing and, uh, you know, catching up. And yeah, it was it was fun time. And then uh, we had to wake up, and that was a little rough. And then... Uh, I didn't think it was rough. Thank God Matt's couch is completely like, I would say broken and comfy, but it's really more broken couch so um i you don't know, sleep it, on it that often so yeah yeah so anyways uh crashed on matt's couch i then i uh it's like oh, man i'm a respectable human being i don't think i can do that two nights in a row so i got a I sprung for the for the airbnb just down the road and i uh, spent more money yeah. than you had to but that's all right uh, no nah, it was fun um I, i'd already had the airbnb even before I asked Matt uh, or coerced Matt into inviting me out. So <laughs> All right, well, let's just jump into the hunt. So anyways, we got, uh, we get out there to the spot and we've got a long, long hike in. And I told him that, well, you know, we're going to have a long hike in. Well, Ben brought the best guy for the job. He brought Billy and Billy's like, I'm the pack mule. You know, you load up a sled. I will pull it anywhere. I was like, that's all I need to hear. We're going to go shoot a bunch of geese, hopefully, and you can pull them back. So that's right. You know, yeah. Well, I took, go ahead. We're, yeah, we're not, you know, um, I got out of the army before Billy did some, you know, I lost my ruck shape a little, a little quicker than him. I'm still, I, I, 
I think on the we'll talk about the way out, but I was definitely the MVP on the way out. No, um, <laughs> that's a whole. But other. on the way in, it wasn't bad. I had the cart and like a couple bags of. Uh, I had a game cart. Billy had a sled. Matt had a sled, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty. I like the the walk in was not as bad as I was expecting. So no, no, not for dragon sleds over dry land. Yeah, tip for those of the one thing that I've always um, like believed in is like freeze in so you can be warm when you're there. So I like I think I had like a t-shirt and some pants on. Oh, but I yeah. had a long sleeve. I had a long sleeve on. So yeah, if you've got a long hike in, you definitely don't want to wear all your layers because it don't take long. You're gonna be sweating. Yeah, yeah. But we finally right. get in. The, yeah, finally get in there. Just to kind of set the scene here, and you can see this whole hunt on YouTube. It's, I don't know, it's one of the last few ones. We can, I'll look up the name of it later. But uh, so we're hunting ice. That's all we're hunting. We're just hunting this little area that's frozen and fairly thick ice. And we're just smacking silhouettes into the ice with rubber mallets, <laughs> which. Yeah, I was a little sus. That's a, by the way, that's a, okay. Oh, okay. Cool, We're trying cool to get the younger out. crowd now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a little sus, as they say. I was like, that's like, oh, yeah, the this water's frozen and we're going to bring silhouettes. And I was like, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, thankfully, though, I had a rubber mallet. So did Matt. Yeah. We only blew out a few silhouettes. And yes. uh, then the wind came up. It was supposed to be a really windy day. And uh, the wind came up. Ate the silhouettes out of the ice, so we had a. I would like to uh, sandbar. Yeah, I'd like to uh, kind of call toot my own horn here. Is that I think if you'd notice the part of the spread that I hammered in, they didn't go anywhere because I spent the extra like five seconds that it took to get them like two inches into that ice. Here we go, and Matt's like, "Nah, you'd be fine. Just give it a couple taps." And I was like, "Yeah." Right. Well, see, I was just gonna, you know, I was like, ah, I'll just shoot a couple sleeper, you know, a couple geese for sleepers, and those will suffice for my decoys. But uh, the geese didn't really cooperate. They didn't really fly. When did the? It was about nine thirty, ten. Yeah, maybe we, even we, later. we didn't even have a <clears throat> we didn't have a first flight, or did did they get off at all? No, we had some no. we had some ducks, and we saw a few snow geese flying high. And then it was like dead skies for a couple hours. We saw that bobcat. That was cool. Oh, yeah. That's tried, right. to, tried to get our decoys. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah, that was pretty. That was very neat. Um, But yeah, I don't know. We waited out there a couple hours. And then finally the geese come. And I told them, I'm like, when these geese come, if this, with this wind, they should be here tight. They should be decoying, giving us a good look. And we, we, had, well, we had one group right before we decoyed some. And they were, I don't know, they were probably right above us at 30, and I thought they were going to swing back around, so I didn't call it. And I could just see Bill was like, he was chomping at, you know, champing at the bit. To- oh, yeah. Billy's like spent like eight hours on a plane and drug him halfway across the state, and he was he was ready to go. He was, tr- yeah. trigger finger was itchy. I didn't call these geese that were right above us because I'm like, oh, they'll make another pass. And, you know, how they always do, they, they didn't come back. But, uh, we didn't have to wait much longer after that. I mean, that was like the scout group almost. And then a pair comes and you guys both got them. Mm-hmm. And then another pair came even closer and Billy and I each got one of those. 
Oh, what else? Oh, and then we had all those other ones come work us, but they came over. They didn't come right up. They came off to the side and we we're sitting like by a tree and they came. We would have had to shoot through the branches, which, yeah. I mean, they were only 25 yards, but once again, thought they were going to decoy and they didn't. They just skirted off us. Yeah, if my guide wasn't so timid, we'd probably been limited out by. Well, hey, I I, I want to shoot them out front, you know, that's. No, that's fine. I, you that's, get what you pay for, you know. <laughs> yeah. Didn't get any any guide fees or tips or anything, so. No, no. That's what you, sure that's what you get. <laughs> but, no, it was a good time. And uh, me being the gracious host that I was, had a pair come in. Um, I called out Quill. Quill like oh, goose. God, and God. Uh, the way that, the, just so you guys know, that's actually a pretty good um yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a toot on your own on your own horn here this time, Matt. Matt is actually really good at video editing to make the situation seem like he's much cooler, better than he is. <laughs> so he dubbed in. He's like, "Oh, Quill, Quill! I can see a Quill from four hundred yards away." And I like whatever, <laughs> right? So let me let me tell. That is you. not at all true. You're gonna embellish this a little bit, so um, you know whatever this group of geese comes in two geese are slipping in and then i see another three coming in over there it's like hey now we got all five you'll see that he like dubbed over and he's like oh quill quill here comes those other three like he's some sort of air traffic controller or something not at all this is all and and uh so he's like you guys got him and so me and billy would pull up and we, we dusted like four of them right you shot four out of the five we thought we yeah. got all five at first and then when I was editing, I mean, it was, and we saw the single fly off, but we thought it was another goose. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, um, so obviously, right. Okay. So we've got five geese coming in. I let the first two cross my face cause, uh, they're coming in from right to left. Um, you know, about, I, you know, they were about 20 yards tall, maybe no, 15 yards tall. No, no, that pair was like 10 yards away from us. Okay. Uh, nonetheless, I'm a nice, respectful human being. And I was like, okay, first two geese <laughs> come past me. Then I'm going to shoot the back one. I'm going to shoot at the, the fifth one. So that way, you know, Billy on the left, he gets some action. I'm shooting from right to left now. And Matt starts freaking out as I'm shooting. You know, I'm calm, cool, collected, just, oh you know, s- steely-eyed goose killer. And so I'm like, yeah, hey, listen, I got, I got three shots. I'm going to bing bang boom and uh so you know i shoot i only get two geese and that's not bad right you know whatever and then uh whatever for whatever reason he's like dude you almost let that quill get away and it's it's all moot at this point because the the quill is on the ice doesn't matter i'm like listen matt matt i'm gonna cut you off right there i'm gonna cut you off right there i treat life like i treat college do they want to hear how you treated college? A's, B's, C's. Oh my God, no. Hell, even a D every now and then. Listen, I took all my courses pass-fail because that's how life is. Okay? <laughs> life is a pass-fail event and it doesn't, listen, <sighs> like, it doesn't matter. It's getting And that's getting exactly how I treated it. So the bird was down and there was with no doubt that I shot it. Um, you know, because it there was, was no doubt you shot it. I'll give you that. 
Now, yeah. for the non-BS story, is this pair comes Ooh. in. One was the quill. The quill was the closest. We had it at 10 yards right in front of us. And then these three other geese came in, sucked up, and joined up with the pair. And Billy and Ben, I didn't even shoot until after the quill, which was the closest goose, was getting out. And then Ben finally pulls up and drops him. And I fired off a shot in his direction, too, just to help bring him down. But I, I mean, Ben definitely got that bird. Now, Matthew, I see. Here's the difference between you and me. I am, I'm not a trophy bird hunter here, right? I eat my geese. I know you eat your geese too. I'm not, I'm not making any disparaging comments that you don't eat your geese. But it was important for me to make sure that I went home with a full freezer full of geese meat, goose meat, geese meat. Geese Geist meat, meat. sounds better. Geese meat. Geese meat. Yeah, like um, mice, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, to be honest with you, listen, uh, I think that the way that I handle that shooting situation is actually how you put more birds on the ground. You're not used to hunting in, you know, groups and stuff like that, but because uh, you're kind of a selfish guy, you like to go out and shoot your <laughs> one-man limit and say, I shot a limit! And it's like, well, cool, dude. <laughs> Whatever. Try putting on a four-man limit. That's, uh, that's something. Um, but, uh, you know, you shoot, you don't shoot the closest goose first. You shoot the goose that's at 30 yards. And then after that comes out, then birds are going to be flying out. And the next one's at 30 yards, maybe even 20 yards. Hell, I don't know. But I work backwards in. And that's just, that's how I'm hard. No, I mean, you, you did work him the right way because we wanted, Billy was on the far left and they came from the right. So we wanted him to get some shooting. So we waited for him to center up. But... I mean, if you see a band on a bird and it's at 10 yards, are you not shooting at that bird first? Mm, is the, listen, it's, it's all moot. It doesn't matter. I'm a results oriented guy and we got the results. Okay. Yeah. You've got a, right. are, are you getting that bird mounted? Yeah. Yeah, I am. If I can find a waterfowl taxidermist. Um, I can recommend a couple. Yeah, but I, I texted them. To, to no avail really yeah okay. well okay that we'll was a lie this. that was a lie i i facebook messaged them but i even sent a picture i sent a picture so but anyway um except if there's any aspiring waterfowl taxidermists out there that want to take a crack at a at a i'm just kidding anyways uh continue your bs version of the story please that, that was it then the quill went down we picked them all up. Uh, so then, let's see, you guys were like each at. Actually, were, Matt, let me pull you over again. Okay, yeah. Keep me on Keep me on the off. path here, Ben. Yeah, I got I to gotta get my digs in. Um, there's actually two quills in that group. No, that other one was no. a quill. Yeah. Oh, hey, Matt, I forgot. What do you do? For, you're, are you a waterfowl biologist? No, you're, that's right. You're not. That's right. Um, and so I sent that picture. And I was like, hey, to my buddy, who's like a bona fide U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service bird biologist. Does it? Anyways, and I said, hey, check out this quill I shot. And it was sitting right next to the other one. He's like, check out two quills you got. And remember, his his pink were feet now he might not have displayed all of the characteristics that he didn't you would have want in a mountable bird see i i, I distinguish a quill as it has the white chest bars 
and then it can have the loss of pigmentation in the feet and maybe some like something along the neck like yours did and white wingtips, something like that. Basically, we should the, post this. We should post this in the Facebook group. Yeah. Okay. And we'll let like the a, people, a we'll let the people the decide. People. See Matt, I'm, that's, I'm sure we'll get a bunch of answers. Like it's a hybrid or a farm goose or okay. y'all didn't, y'all didn't know this, but I'm just putting on a clinic right now. That is classic. Like, content marketing plus engagement call to action right there. So that's how you tie all the channels in. Good, good job, Ben. Thanks. <laughs> I don't think half the people are going to understand what you're talking about there. Yep. Sorry. Moving on. Moving on. Anyways. Okay. So back to the hunt. <laughs> uh, So you and Billy were like at three and four geese respectively or something or, Three yeah, and you three. had, you had, I had one. one. Yeah. So I, I think you had four. Billy had three. It don't, whatever. It don't matter. I had one goose. I had to play catch up. So then we had another pair come in and we waited a couple hours after this. Like we had a flurry of action and then we we're, it was like dead for a couple more hours. And I was like, well, you know, we're going to give her all day here. So we gave her all day. A couple hours later, have this pair come in and uh, I got one. Billy missed his. And then uh, we were, what was it? Billy and I were out taking a leak. Ben was the only one in the blind. Oh, yeah. And you had uh, you had one, yeah, you had four at this point. So you had one goose to go, and this pair comes on a beeline right dead front. Bill and I don't have our guns, got our pants around our ankles. Yeah, and, I'm glad uh, the game, I'm glad that, I'm actually really glad the game warden wasn't there. Because I, technically, I think that would have been like baiting. I didn't know geese ate worms. But, um, t- you know, I just know oh, it could have been a questionable call. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> so Ben's the only one with any shots. And boom, 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 0-3. Geese are not touched, and they just fly away. So I went from hero. I was shooting pretty sharp up until that zero. point, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, you were on her early. Yeah, yeah. Except for that, except it, for that whiff, the uh, yeah. which I'm kind of mad because I didn't get it on camera, so I couldn't include it in the video. But now it's here for everyone else to enjoy, and they can imagine how that went. Yeah, yeah. A little lesson, but you know, I, I rushed it. Um, the dudes were out of the blind. I was like this, and I and just so everybody knows here, I I had four birds at at this point. And so I was only shooting at a single bird and I, I think I chose the wrong bird to shoot at. Uh, maybe he was a little bit further and a little bit taller. And, but I was like, Oh man, if I clipped that one, I, I'm not going to switch targets here. I'm just going to continue aiming at this one bird. because yeah. I, I was one away from my limits. So, um, you know, your dig at, at me being a, a poor shot is really just a testament to, uh, how uh, much of a conservation ethics driven hunter I am. So I will, I will give you credit for that. So, uh, after that, you know, it was pretty, I, sorry, I gotta, I gotta pull it over. I was just, I just whiffed. <laughs> That's <laughs> hey, I was, I was gonna, you know, I was just gonna leave it at that and, uh, move on. But yeah, at, right after that though, we had another flock come in while well, we were watching snow geese. Remember we had a flock mm-hmm. of snow geese fly over like super tall, we're all just looking at these dang snow geese. All of a sudden, someone says, Canada's right over here. 
or cans or whatever. And they come in. Well, I was like a group of five or six, I think. And they just dumped in. They were sky high and they just mm. hooked and came right in. And I pulled up. I mean, I kind of called it closer to when they were on me because I still had to shoot a bunch of geese. So I pulled up, shot twice, dropped two. Billy got one. And uh, I think that was all the geese we shot that day. We thought we'd get some more as the afternoon went on and they all went out to feed. They never, never gave us another look after that. But what and it's end- amazing. It's amazing um, how quickly our goals changed from like, all right, hey, guys. We're just going to get a, a limit of can, Canada's down and then like, then we'll worry about snows and specs and all that stuff. But the first, how do you emulate a, a spec call? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. That was terrible spec imitation. Yeah. Little chuckle, chuckle cluckers. Right. And, um, or what do you call them? Giggle chickens. Giggle chickens. Yeah. And then I, I said, <laughs> I said, chuckle cluckers. <laughs> um, both great names some, for speckleability. Yeah, yeah. I got some heat for it in the blind, but um, yeah, it's amazing how the first uh, speckleability we hear, all that goes out the window. And I mean, we could have had Canada's flying right in our face and we were all just like looking for the speck. Where Where is this speckleability at? Like, I don't care. I just want to see this thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. we rarely get them. So like, I want one, if it flies over... I at least want to see it. If it's, you know, low enough, maybe it would decoy in. Maybe we could get it on a passing shot. But it wasn't to be maybe next year. That's how that goes. But that, so that ended with our hunt. We got uh, 12 on that day. And then uh, we cleaned up all the birds, had a prime rib. We we hit the local restaurant. Whoa, 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 (laughs) whoa. What? You just skipped out. And I was actually, I was pretty disappointed in your storytelling abilities because I think that you missed out on a huge opportunity um, for what I thought was perhaps oh. the most special part of, of the, uh, <laughs> and no, I'm not even talking about what you're laughing about. I'm talking about the walkout. That's what I'm laughing about. Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, dinner. Um, no. Uh, we won't even touch rate, on dinner. We won't even go there. We're going to touch <laughs> a little bit on dinner, but we're not going to touch on a certain aspect of dinner. That's for the Patreon version. Um, yeah. Okay. So we do the thing, all the decoys squared away, um, you know, packing out. And I've got the cart now. And I say, guys, hey, that push out was really easy for me. And now we've got 100 pounds of geese. 100 pounds, right? Like 11 times 12. Well, we, had, we had 12. Yeah. 120. Who knows? I mean, mass, we didn't shoot any mass. small. We didn't shoot no. any small geese. Yeah. So they were all at least 10 or 11 pounds, right? That's pretty know, there might have been a few eights in there, but just call it an even hundred. Yeah. They're big geese. Big geese. And uh, so I was like, guys, the, the, the push cart in was super easy. I got, I, let me take some more gear, load up the cart and I'll, I'll push it back out. It was, it was a cinch coming in. Well, we came in one way, and uh, apparently we decided to uh, exfil uh, a, a separate route. And so I've got this cart. These guys got sleds, and you guys know sleds are kind of like the all-terrain vehicle of of waterfowl uh, hunting movement uh, methodologies. The cart 
not so much two wheels um what was it just a, it's a it was a deer cart right yeah it's just a game cart so we're fighting our way back through the brush and and stuff and you can imagine this is going much easier for these two and so i'm using some choice words and uh matt all matt does is turn around and he goes yeah ben uh this ain't the route you're gonna want to go <laughs> great imitation and I, and I don't know if you guys know anything about like route reconnaissance or anything like that but generally you choose the terrain suitable for your your least uh, capable vehicle and that would have been the cart not just yeah okay uh, we're gonna take our light sleds and fly through all this brush and just Ben can just figure it out himself. Well, okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, let's stop right there. I'm going to pull you over now. So Ben got on his horse, rode that cart and uh, he was ahead. He was actually following Ben for a while and he missed the turn on our path in there. So then we had to go bushwhacking because his leadership abilities took us off the road that we took in. So I would say that your decision-making skills of uh, like, oh, you know, the only time this dude's been in this in this area, and granted, I got some woodscraft, right? I'm not a, I'm not a, yeah, I'm not a true city slicker. I've got, I've been in places where I've had to navigate by, you know, in the dark. Okay, but, anyways, yeah, perhaps I did miss a turn. Um, that's debatable um but anyway you don't just like look at the guy who's hauling all the gear and be like yeah this ain't the best route for you and then just take off so whatever i'm a big boy i've been in the woods before and so i find a okay path but every time i try to get back up onto the road it's a there's deadfall there's you know i just can't get the cart um moving and and so I said Matt's name about 90 times precursed by some sort of four letter word. Um, and I did eventually find my way to the, the path, not a road, but a path. Um, and I just want to say it was kind of, it was kind of shitty. I felt abandoned. Um, but hey, we knew where you were. We could see your headlamp. Oh, you, you guys did have eyes on me the whole time. Yeah, well, I kept, I turned my flasher on my headlamp just so you knew where I was. But yeah, we would stop every now and then and we'd, you know, we'd see all the other lights around the stars and whatnot. And we'd see this one moving through the woods and like, yeah, that's definitely been. We'll just keep going. Yeah, we figured we'd just keep going. Well, the best thing we could do is haul our sleds back to the truck and then come and help you. Yeah, okay. So anyways, we... We make the the trek back. What is? Are you comfortable with saying how far of a trek it was, or is that too much intel? It was. It was a long, long ways. That is, dude, that is some serious like operational security you've got there. I, I imagine there's people listening to this or like watching your videos that dissect everything, like try to triangulate where you're at. Oh is yeah, that, is that a, that's a thing that you get. Internet, dude. Internet scouting is super. Well, I mean, you got the people that get mad when they ask, like, where is this? And then you say, I don't give out spots. And then, like, you're a douche. I've been called that several times just for saying, you know, I don't give out spots. Like, I I don't think anyone's going to. But uh, and then you got people that 
they just, you know, they know where these people hunt and they just scout, okay, the birds are here or, uh, you know, this is where they hunted, blah, 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 blah. But unless you don't, unless there's like discernible landmarks or you've been there before, most people aren't going to be able to figure it out. Now, Thomas, I'll say, I'll plug it to Thomas here, uh, Hoke Outdoors. He is like, I don't know, God tier at finding out any, you can give him any YouTube hunting video and he will find out where that is. I don't know how he does it, but like all he needs is the general state. And I think, and he can narrow it down. I don't know how long it takes him, but like he knows where all my spots are. He can tell you where all Jordan's, Elliot's, Josh's, whoever's like. So I'm going to go ahead and team up with Thomas. We're going to run a little business. Sell, <laughs> yeah, sell, sell people's videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, they say access is one of the the biggest limiting factors um, for retaining and even recruiting it, um, yeah. hunters, and and so this might just be a solve for that. No, I'm I'm all for more public land opportunities. That's you know that's the biggest one of the biggest things, and we can talk about all this in a whole nother podcast. I mean, we could go conservation and public land and all that good stuff. But, um, yeah, there's some interesting things happening uh, around the country right now regarding that. And I think there's a lot of misinformation. Um, so, but, but yeah, we'll, like you said, we'll save that for another, <laughs> we're, we're getting up there. So we, we, you know, we still have got a couple stories. Um, but to sum up, you know, we had prime rib for dinner, really good. Um, some other yeah. stuff happened and then we got up and did it again the next morning after we were dead tired, but we went somewhere else. No geese. Well, no, no, there were geese. We, uh, they flew little and tall. they landed. Little huh? tall. They were a little, little tall. Little tall. And they all landed, uh, they landed like 500, 600 yards away from us. And that was it. Every yeah. group that flew landed over there. And I'd say too, that we definitely went out on Sunday morning. Strictly for Billy. I would think like, yeah, I could have slept in, honestly. Uh, me too. Um, I, I I actually would have gone to the, back to the same spot. Yeah. See, if, if we were going to do it all day again, uh, yeah, probably yeah. where we would have done. Or yeah. I had some other spots we could have went to, too. But I think if we would have committed to another all-day hunt, we would have done pretty good again. Because it was another windy day. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's funny- what we needed. The, the funny thing about that though, is just like, you know, me and Matt are like, okay, yeah, Billy flew up here and we drove and, um, we're like, we, we, we'll go give her a good college try on Sunday morning. And then when we get in the truck, Billy's like, you know, I would have been happy if we would have just slept in this morning and just ended it with yesterday. I was like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> ah, anything to kill a goose, I guess. Uh, no, it was, it was a fun trip. Um, so and we finished yeah, it, it. You know, we packed up early Sunday. We we gave her a good time. We gave her a couple hours, and uh, I guess I texted you. I went back out to that spot because I oh, I, yeah. I lost my tripod and I thought it was still out there. I don't know if someone found it or what. But did you did you you didn't find it? I never found it. Uh, I went out there Sunday night after you after I texted you and asked you if you had it, and I'm like, oh, I can just wait out here in muck boots. Nope. Went over my muck boots. I had shorts on. It was like 30 degrees, but there was no wind. And then as I'm walking back, the wind picks up. I've got ice cold water in my muck boots on the way back to my truck. So I'm like, well, that was stupid. And I didn't find my tripod. 
And then I'm like, okay, I'll go back out the next day with my waders. I'll be smart and look for it in the daytime. Cause I was doing it at night with a headlamp mm. and I didn't find it that day, but literally there was 50 geese sitting right where we had our decoys. And I was like, ah, that's typical. Yeah. You know, yeah. What are you, you know, what are you, I'm trying do? to think, were there any lessons learned from, from that Sunday hunt? Um, anything interesting happen? We went to McDonald's. We had a, we had a nice, a nice, uh, kind of a nice wrap up breakfast, I would call it. And, uh, yeah. we were kind of sharing first job stories and, uh, one job that Ben and I did have in common, a past job is detasseling, uh, which, yeah. If you don't know what detasseling is here in the great state of Nebraska, the land of corn and cows, it is pulling the tassels off of some corn. They It's for seed corn production, basically. So you get the suitable male and female plants of different hybrids and they cross pollinate and then you get. Your yeah. Seed so corn. you want X, Y corn, right? I say this. You want X, Y corn. And so in order to do that, you have one row of X corn, you have like four or sometimes six rows of Y corn. And then you pull all the Y corn tassels off so that when it's time for, oh goodness, what is that process called? Pollination? Pollination, Pollination to happen um, that the X corn pollinates the Y corn and there's no Y corn pollinating Y corn. Yes. So, if you don't know how this process, like part of this process is first they run a machine through to pull these tassels. The machine. I think it's important to people are probably imagining that this machine looks like a, like a bottle, uh, like a bottle picker upper, like it'd be picking up bottles, but it's actually it's like two rubber. Yeah. It's like wheels. two rubber wheels that just spin to like rub together and pull these tassels up. Uh, so once this machine goes through and pulls, I mean, it pulls up a good amount of the tassels, but it misses quite a few still. Yeah, like anywhere from like 70 to 90% of the tassels can get pulled by the machines. Yeah, so that's where all these kids come in that um, get tricked into detasseling. And I say get tricked because you're getting up at 3 or 4 in the morning, you're getting on a bus, you ride said bus for at least an hour, you get out to this cornfield in the middle. I mean, you don't even know where you're going. Just the bus driver and the, the people higher up above you. I mean, you're getting paid minimum wage to go walk a cornfield, so you don't know much. Obviously, you know, you'd be, if you're smarter, you'd be doing another job. But uh, <laughs> but you get out there, it's like 50 degrees, you know, it's July, and uh, a lot of kids wear ponchos, and you're wearing long sleeve, sh- uh, long sleeve shirts, and like yeah, because safety, most safety of the, glasses. Most, yeah, most of the mornings. Uh, you say, oh, 50 degrees. That sounds pretty nice. Until you walk into a wet cornfield. <laughs> and every cornfield is wet in July. Like the dew or be, a lot of them are irrigated too. So the pivot went through. Um, so and you get Matt, soaked. Matt can Matt can see me on the on the camera, but <laughs> you know this one. The <laughs> yeah. Um, you put your arms together to try to like keep the leaves from like touching as much of you as you can. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> There was always a, there was always a, that was like your friend, you know, everybody's doing the, the little corn wiggle dance to try to, oh, it's cold. It's wet. I don't want it. Yeah. I don't want to get any wetter than I possibly have to, but you got like always one dude on the crew who's just like, accept it. And like, just doesn't care. Dived in. 
That's the but same yeah. guy who like eight years later in college is like double fisting uh, old English and like breaks the ping pong table. It's that guy. That's who the guy is. <laughs> but yeah, so you get soaked 50 degrees. Uh, first thing in the morning, you know, you're wearing jeans, long sleeve shirt, uh, goggles, hat, all that good stuff. And then it's about mid-morning. That you said, hold on, I'm going to pull you over. Interesting. You said jeans? Yeah. Early, early on. Um, and for any perspective to tasslers out there, here's a trick for you. Don't wear jeans. I would always wear swim trunks. Because you're going to get wet anyways, and the swim trunks will dry out super quick. Once it See, we, dries off. we had some people wear shorts. I think I always wore jeans when I did it, though. Just because, you know, I don't want corn cutting up my legs. The corn leaves aren't down there. There was some down there. Sure, but mitigable. Anyways, you could wear whatever pants you wanted to. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so you get you're soaked, you're cold first thing in the morning. You know, the sun's barely up. It gets about 10 o'clock, and that sun is beating down on you. You're getting no wind, and this is July. So, I mean, we did her up in, like, highs of, like, 102, at least one time I can remember. And they had to call us, like, because you'll go out there. You can be out there all day. Um, Sometimes, you know, if it's super hot, though, they'll call her early. Like, you'll be done at noon or something. I was going to say, you know what was some horse hockey is that when I was 12 and detasseling, Man, we just went to like one or two damn to be that heat index. But then as like I and there's stages you 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 evolve um in this business model if you're dumb enough to stick around to the perks and the benefits. Uh, but like when you're the person that's in charge of getting all the fields done and whatnot, it's like, oh, it's too hot and your little eleven, twelve year olds, they can't be out here with a heat index. And it's like, where was that when I was twelve? Um and the corn at that point is dry. Yeah. It's like a good combination between a, uh, a, a straight blade razor and sandpaper. It's dry. It's cutting you, which is why you're wearing the long sleeve shirts and, you know, the goggles or safety glasses, whatever you're doing. Cause you don't want to get, you don't want to get cut up by corn. It's, it sucks. Um, but corn so you've, yeah, corn rash. you've got all these little kids though, you know, you're getting paid minimum wage. You don't really care about your job. All you got to do is pull tassels. It's a very monotonous job. It was very, um, you, you know, you got to find ways to make it fun. So there was all kinds of different stories. Hold on. Before we get into those, let's talk about like the progression, like of your job as, as you, as you enjoy some tenure. Um, and so I'll, I'll kick it off with the first level, the lowest of the low single row pullers. So this would be anybody who's their first year of detasseling um, might, might even be their third year. Uh, it's also, there's not only just an experience uh, or, or a time and service requirement for advancing, but there's also kind of an, like how good you are at pulling tassels. Uh, and just so anybody knows, it's not like as straightforward as like, Oh, you pull a tassel. It's like, if you're not trained visually to identify the tassel, like you could very easily walk past a tassel uh, without pulling it. And, and that's bad. So you have single row pullers, right? Yep. You want to hit, hit the next step? Then you go up to checkers. So usually, wrong. Okay. What? No, we, that's graduate. how we did it. You can graduate to a two row puller. See, we started out as two row pullers. We didn't do that single row. Okay. Well, in central Nebraska, 
we were a little bit more progressive. We understood the business model better. We could get some, you know, uh, increased productivity out of uh, the, the kids that could handle two rows. So you went from a single row puller to a double row puller. Okay. Now you can continue. Okay. Anyways, then you go on to checker and checker is basically the person that follows the, you know, low level employees who got a pull and they get all the ones that they miss. And then there's someone after them who Hold on. Well, we got to we got to speed this. this. We got to speed this up. People don't care about this stuff. They want to hear about the fun stuff. Oh, God. No, this is actually important. Um, (laughs) So there's when you're a checker, whatever happens when you go from a single (laughs) double row. You okay? Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) First, First podcast, guys. First podcast. We're so we're running around. Double row, double row, uh, blah, 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 blah. And then whatever happens to you when you become a checker and you're in charge of four kids, you somehow turn into like a bully slash hazer. Um, like just hazing these poor children walking through the corn. Uh, a lot of problems happen from that. You have to fire people because they're just mean to the kids and their parents call you. Whatever. Continue. What's after the checker? Uh, I don't know what the actual name of it was, but someone checks the checker basically and they uh, are supervisor or something like that. No, we called them roamers. Roamers? Oh, see, I, roamers. I, I never got to that level. I uh, <laughs> I retired from detasseling right before oh, so that. I, I, I made it to I checker and that was uh, all this. Yeah. Made it to yeah, checker and that was uh, I moved over to checking people out at Walmart. You weren't tough enough to handle the fields. I made more money at the cashier. So, (laughs) Um, so anyways, you have the roamers, which they would be like behind three or four checkers. They would walk down one block, which is four rows. Uh, Then they'd switch over to another block and they were kind of in charge of quality assurance, quality control. Uh, And since Matt doesn't know anything about the rest of the the business model, um, then after the roamers, you have assistance and assistance would be one or two per bus. And they would be at the end of the fields uh, to make sure that kids got put in the correct rows and that you labeled the corn rows so that you'd know because if you don't put the kid's name on the on the corn row, then they won't pull as much. But if their name's on it and we go through and, hey, there was a really dirty row, you'd be like, hey, we're going to fire that kid. Um, so you have the assistants. You have one assistant on one end of the field, one assistant on the other end of the field because, you know, these are children and they'll get down to the end of the corn field and they'll – They'll, you know, at best case scenario, they, they'll get in the wrong row. But at worst case scenario, they're going to just mess around. And this is where you can talk about the shenanigans, Matthew. Okay, sweet. Now, finally, finally do the good stuff. So there was, yeah. So you have all these kids, you monotonous job. You got to find ways to keep it fun. So there'd be stuff, you know, we'd have tassel fights. You'd grab just, you just hold a bunch of the tassels and then you just like throw them and they throw kind of like missiles, you know, you get a really good arc on them and they come down like lawn darts almost. So that was pretty fun. And this Uh, will get you fired. Yeah. On the less fun cruise, they'll fire you. That's why you do it in the middle of the cornfield where they don't, where they can't see you. Where I can see you throwing the tassels over the corn, but I just, that's too far. I'm, I am, beyond the assistant level i'm in charge of a two buses and i'm like yeah it's too far for me to walk in the corn i'm not going <laughs> and there's another thing that i really like to do is you take like you take one of these tassels here and there'd be a little joint on the bottom of it and you take it and hit it on the bottom of your shoe and you can get that bottom piece to fly off and it would go i mean it would leave a bruise or a welt on someone if it hit them it, it would 
it would be booking. Yes. But the and most it, that will also get you fired. The most fun one though was uh well, it was fun if you were doing it. If it happened to you, it wasn't quite as fun. It was called corn bogging. And Ooh, corn bog we called it corn boring. Are you talking about like someone hides in the stocks, waits yeah. for someone to come by and then just tackles you? Yes. Yeah, we called, we called it, it corn, corn bogging. bogging. Yes. And this will also get you fired. But yeah, so you had you had that stuff, you know, it was kind of uh it was based on the job we were doing, but it kept it fun. And then you had people doing other uh, more illicit activities, I will say. Um, and those also were fireable offenses, you know, um, underage drinking, partaking in other types of plants. Uh, weed. <laughs> stuff, yeah, uh, stuff like that. Uh, but probably the best fireable offense I've ever heard of in detasseling is the one that Ben had to fire a kid for. So Ben, take it away. I want to share this story. First, first and foremost, let me qualify. There's different levels of being fired, right? There's you're fired. I'll see you tomorrow. Um, or there's you are fired. And then um, have your mom call me and beg for your job back. And then there's the third kind of firing. is like, you're no longer welcome um, at this crew the next crew i'm calling the other crew you're done um and uh the 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 story i'm about to tell is let me compose myself i'm sorry i'm just cracking up thinking about it um it would be the third type of firing you're you're barred um and uh so gosh dang it oh all right so I get this, get this call comes down. It's like, hey, uh, this one of the ladies that helped us. And by the way, a lot of the people that do this job are teachers, right? The, the adults, um, that are supervising this because they don't have summer jobs or, you know what I mean? And so we had this gal, her name was crazy Connie. She was like a second grade teacher or something, but she was awesome. She just gets on the radio and she's squawking. And so me and, my other buddies, uh, we we all drive over there and I'm like, what's that? You gotta fire this kid. And we walk over to walk over to this kid and say, Hey, I mean, what 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 what's going on? Because Connie wouldn't tell us. Oh, you know, whatever. I, this my friend, he he played a prank on me or whatever. And and I was like, Okay, well, why why are you getting fired? Oh well, I. I pooped. <laughs> I uh, I pooped in his. <laughs> I pooped in his lunchbox, <laughs> and the kids said it with a dead straight face, and we just what? <laughs> I I pooped in his lunchbox, and so I'm like dying. Uh, I think it was my other buddy Scott. Uh, or maybe it was Cole. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. You don't know these people. That's terrible <laughs> yeah. storytelling. Yeah. Uh, but for them listening, they're going to be upset. They're going to be like, get my name right. Um, and it was just, I was shocked that this kid, this kid just pooped in this other kid's lunchbox as like a prank and like thought it was cool. <laughs> and I, about once a week, I think about that kid pooping in his buddy's lunchbox. And uh, it just never, never gets old. 
Yeah. So that was a, uh, that was the good story there. Um, oh, there's, there's many, we'll have to like tie these in. And so if you have any of your own detasseling stories of why either you got fired or why one of your buddies got fired, there's just any funny detasseling stories. I'm sure uh, you can post that in the, uh, the Facebook uh, yeah. group as well. Once again, that's the foul front waterfowl podcast. Group. Well, it's just the foul front podcast group now. Um, but yeah, maybe we'll do a, uh, listener. We'll read off a bunch of detasseling stories or maybe who knows? We'll encourage some new stories to be written this upcoming summer in the detasseling field and they will all hate us. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe there's like, it's been all, it's been quiet on the, on the, uh, detasseling front and we are going to be reinvigorating. Um, uh, I'm sure they're doing TikTok dances and all kinds of other crazy crap out there right now. So TikTok dances. I can just imagine. I mean, there's got to be detasseling TikToks. I'm sure there are. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay. Anyways, that that we're bringing her up on an hour here, so I think this is probably just a natural spot to call her an end. Um, the handoff is complete. I had to let Ben ramble on a bit for uh, you know to fulfill my con- contractual obligations to take over this podcast. So we got that out of the way, and now you can just listen to me talk for most of the time. Yeah, what's your what's what's the content strategy? What's what what, what can the foul front listeners, um, if there's any still out there, um, expect to to hear from from the foul front? And and then how does it tie into high prairie sportsman or what's the deal? Yeah, so I guess yeah, I should do a little bit of spiel about me, I guess, real quick here. But yeah, I have the uh, YouTube channel High Prairie Sportsman. Also, I have a TikTok where I make stupid videos too, and uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook. All kinds of social media. So if you want to follow me on there, you can. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing some integration with that. Uh, I'm not really sure a lot. You know, during season, I'll maybe talk about hunts from the past week or something. You know, I'm planning kind of a weekly podcast deal right now. Um, we got some guests lined up right now. A lot of uh, other hunting YouTubers that people might recognize. And uh, another possible co-host for when Ben's not around. So anyways, yeah, Thomas Thomas has agreed to help me co-host some podcasts along with Ben uh, in the future. But for the most part, it'll be me. You know, we'll be talking about, uh, we'll, we'll be doing the, you know, stuff for new hunters a lot still, talking conservation, talking uh, just general waterfowl stuff and more hunting. I want to open it up to more just hunting and outdoors talk as well not quite as focused on waterfowl is kind of what I'm thinking just cause you know, I feel like you've done such a great job in the past, the last few years with all the tips video or tips and stuff. And so if you're a new hunter, just listening to this and you actually made it through the whole podcast <laughs> to this part, go back into the inventory. Ben has all kinds of how to's um, to help new hunters out. And I also do on in video form on my YouTube channel, high prairie sportsman as well. Um, so whichever, you know, your preferred plat preferred platform is, you can find them both on there, but yeah, that's kind of just the loose idea right now is what I'm kind of going with. And, uh, yeah, you know, we'll, uh, we'll try to uphold your legacy as it were. Oh, of being like the ninth best waterfowl podcast. You, you got real high standards to live up to <laughs> I do really appreciate um, you taking over the reins on this. It's, it is, you know, I think it's a decent um, platform for new novice hunters. And I'm glad that um, I don't, I don't have the the bandwidth right now 
um, clearly, <laughs> um, to, to handle, um, you know, continuing that mission. And I'm glad that, uh, you know, I think you guys are in good hands with Matt. And like I said, I'll be back whenever he wants me on and, um, let me know if there's any, any type of stuff that you guys want covered when I come on. Uh, that way I can be a little bit more prepared. Um, but obviously if you're done hearing from me, that's fine too. <laughs> I understand. But that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! oh. Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You go out there and the fish are where you think they are. Any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.